We'll bring it up for Q&A. Go ahead, just uh, if you can just speak a little loud for the mic to pick up. Yeah. No, no, no. It's straight in the Torah. Straight in the Torah. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's not in this Pasha. This Pasha, it's in the Abraham Pasha. Um, it's the, it's this, it's, it's, no, it's not that covenant. It's the covenant where he cuts the meat in half and he falls into a, uh, in a sleep and God reveals himself to him and he sees and there's a fire in him walking through the two half of meats. That's, that's the, it's called the covenant. It's called the Brit Ben Hapsarim. The uh, covenant between the two parts of flesh. And the point of that is that you take an animal after, of course, it's dead, and you cut it in half, symbolizing that the two walking through this tunnel right now are two halves of one whole, inseparable from here on. And then the other question that I have for you, that you said that the what was up to Jacob on how he was going to make it to Right, not the what was up to him, the how was up to him. But that was not in his marriage. It was in Joseph's marriage. No. Good question. You ask a very good question, and the question is a lot deeper than it seems to be on the surface. So first let me give you the shallow answer and then move on from there to the deeper answer. The shallow answer is, of course, it was, Abraham, it was Jacob's work with, which merited that his going down to Egypt would be through Joseph. Now, what I'm telling you is a spiritual statement. That because Jacob was a righteous person, therefore God set up the story to unfold that it wouldn't be that the Egypt goes to war against Jacob and his family and just grabs them and brings them down in shackles. Rather, the story unfolds in a different format. That, and I'm not saying that's a shallow, it's far from a shallow answer, but that's the surface. What I'm hearing you ask, and I don't know if that's what you're asking, but what I'm hearing you ask is a lot deeper than what we're talking about right now. Because if this was about Jacob, then why is Joseph suffering? Now this question is a huge issue with what I deal with when I have to deal, God forbid, God forbid, which never have to deal with ever again, with a child passing. Because one of the answers we have to a child passing, God forbid, is the story of Shemtov about the whole famous, I'm not going to get to the whole story now, but a whole famous person who came down as a prince, a soul came down as a prince and saved the Jewish people, and later he converted and he went back up, and when he went back up, they told him that you have a chance to come back down for three years to nurse from a mother's milk and be born as a Jew, and a whole story. And therefore the Shemtov told this woman, I want to see the baby on his third birthday, and when he brought him, and on the way back, the baby passed away. And that just tells us that life is always complete. The soul came down just for three years. That story works only for the baby. Did anyone ask this mother and father if they want to parent this child? Maybe they wanted a child that had a mission that was 120 years long and not 33 years long. So it's, it's interesting to understand that the child went through what it went through and it, and it has no complaints. That's what it signed up for. That's what it wanted. It wants to go back to heaven. But what's about the parents' pain? What's about the friends' pain? What's about the grandparents' pain? That's a huge issue to what you're asking. Because if Joseph being sold is only about Jacob, then it's not fair to Joseph. My answer to you is that God, in his perfection, 
sets up that things happen to those people who are meant to go through that. So while the story of Shem Tov only answers why the boy is only here for three years, faith will tell me that there is a perfect per- per- correction and fulfillment that these parents had to go through, God forbid, losing a child. This child had to go through only three years of life. God put the two together. It's a perfect match. No one suffers for anyone else. But obviously I'm speaking from a very deep perspective of faith in God's perfection. In government, in life, there's this attitude, well, someone's going to take the fall. I'm sorry it's you, but we have to think about the greater good. And many individuals, many individual trees get chopped down to save a forest. Not in God's world. There isn't a single tree chopped down to save the forest if that tree itself didn't have its destiny being chopped down. So Joseph's soul had to go through leaving the spiritual dimension of Jacob to bring all Jacob's teaching into the physical dimension of Egypt. That is Joseph's personal destiny. And for Joseph to experience that, he had to go through the birthing canal of being sold by his own brothers, being a slave, making his way up, being thrown into prison, making his way up. That had nothing what to do with Jacob. Jacob has to have a son become a viceroy because his ishtadlut afforded him that he should go to Egypt as a prince, as a father of royalty. God, you don't see the effort because you don't read about it in the Torah. But if you realize that spiritual efforts and the way he lived his life merited that he should go through the covenant with royalty rather than with pain. You see clearly the second story, right? The Chassid didn't listen to the Rebbe. He was told to go into business. He didn't. So we clearly see it. And if he would have gone into that business, we said, wow, that makes no sense. The Rebbe told a guy who is humongous in precious stones to go into train tracks. He did it. Of course he deserves to be saved. We would know that, right? We would understand that. You and I aren't privy to know what Jacob didn't do and what he did do in his personal life and as a forefather of our people and spreading the word of God of monotheism in a time where paganism was rampant. We don't know what he did, but he did do something that merited that ishtadlut of his spiritual pursuit and living an honest life, merited that he should go into Egypt with royalty and honor rather than with shackles and slavery and disgrace. But you're right. You and I don't know in the Torah what it was. But we do know from the Talmud telling us that that's where his, his, his tadlut made all the difference. We're not privy to know exactly what he did. Just like we're not... Let me tell you another story. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Kiva's daughter. Right. She was supposed to die in the night of her wedding. We happen to know because of what happened and the discussion she had with her father that because she fed a poor person, she the bride personally saw a poor person and went during her wedding to feed him. That's why she merited to stick the pin through the head of the snake without even knowing it in the dark that was sent to kill her. And what if you wouldn't have known that she, that she fed the poor? You would have just heard the story. You would have said the same thing to me. But she did nothing. She did do something. Here we know it. Jacob did that too. We just don't know what. But the Talmud is telling us that there was a Ishtadlut and the Ishtadlut made all the difference. Okay? Take care.